So I woke up this morning when my alarm went off at six and it was pouring rain. And you know, you know how you are when you first wake up. My first thoughts were, oh Lord, oh Lord. No, no, I just wanted to go back to sleep. Not the rain. I, I didn't want to come to church. And I'm preaching here. <laughs> but I said, oh no, Lord, thank you for the rain. We need it. It's so good. Thank you for the blessing of rain. You know how you can, you can change the way you feel about something by what you're thinking about? That's what we're going to be talking about in this series. It's about ruts. Now, a critical part of ruts, you know, we've been talking the last few weeks about being a messy church where messy people can experience the beauty of messy grace. And we're serious about that because, you know, we all just admit we have messiness and we all need God's grace and his power to help us change. And ruts, we're going to be looking at one of the ways God changes our lives. But I just wanted to thank those of you who call City Church your church, who give generously to help us provide this messy church. And I just pray that God will bless you, not just financially, but he will bless you as you give, um, because your giving is making a difference here. Now, <coughs> ruts, uh, ruts are those routines that are detrimental to our lives. They may be spiritual or moral ruts. They may be uh, emotional, mental ruts. They may be relational ruts. They could even be physical ruts. Uh, and, and they're detrimental to your life. They, they may not have even started detrimentally, but they've become detrimental. You know what I'm saying? You ever been in a rut? So, so like this year, I, I realized I was in a rut. So uh, back when I was a scrawny, skinny uh, junior at John Marshall High School, I started lifting weights. And uh, it's when the movie Pumping Iron came out and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so everybody, everybody wanted to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sorry. And uh, Anyway, so I started lifting weights, and ever since then, I've lifted weights, and I've changed my routines throughout the year, depending on what kind of weights I had access to. And well, anyway, so the last 15 years, <coughs> I've worked out at the Gold's Gym at Bandera Point, and so I had about like 12 different routines, you know, that I would rotate around that were different muscle groups, and here's the key to my routine. I would do three sets of every, you know, every muscle group, I would do three sets of everything five to seven times, uh, the most amount of weights that I could lift five to seven times, three sets, all right? So for each exercise, I did that. And so that's what I've done for 15 years. That's my routine. But the last few years, I, I noticed I, I started getting injured a lot. And so first it was my knee. <laughs> my knee just got so sore. It's like I couldn't even walk on it. I would still lift weights, but I couldn't, you know, it was just sore and it would wake me up. So anyway, I went to the orthopedic surgeon and he did some tests and he found that I had torn some cartilage. And of course, he's a surgeon, so I'm thinking, well, cut me up, open and fix this thing. And I said, so is that what you're going to do? He said, no. And, and this is what he said, first words out of his mouth. This is what I'm recommending, because at your age... And as soon as he said, well, at your age, my, my just shut down and he went blah, 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 talking about changing my routine. And so anyway, I didn't pay any attention to him. And so I, I kept doing my routine and, and uh, later my elbows got sore. Just, I mean, so sore that they, it would wake me up at night. You know, I couldn't get comfortable in my bed. So I went to my Arosti doctor and he tortured me. I mean, treated me. If you've ever been to a Rasta, you know what I'm talking about. 
It's 40 minutes of torture all to help you out. Anyway, after he was through, I did three different, you know, regimens with, with my doctor. And, and I said, so is, am I good? Is that, that good? And he asked me about my routine. And I, I told him, and he said, well, let me tell you what, at your age... And again, I just shut, it, shut him down. Don't be talking to me about my age. I can outlift you right now, buddy. Well, this year, this year, I injured my rotator cuff. And it, and it was, it, it, again, it got so painful <coughs> that I got to where it woke me up every night. I couldn't get comfortable in bed. And so I went to my personal doctor and he's a weightlifter. And so, so I knew he would understand, you know. I knew he got me. And so he did some tests on my shoulder and I, I, I went in and I said, okay, so what do I need to do? And he said, what do you think he said? At your age, ah, <laughs> dang it. And what he said is at my age, <coughs> my, my bones and my joints just can't handle the stress of heavy weights anymore. He told me I needed to change my routine. He said I needed to have lighter weights and do more reps. Only this time I listened. I changed my routine. I got out of my rut. Now, pain eventually forced me to see the negative impact that my routine was having in my life. I needed to change my routine to get rid of the pain. But why did I keep doing the same routine that it took three doctors who all said the same thing to finally convince me to change my routine. What was going on? It was all up here. It was all up here. It was what I believed. It was what I thought about what I was doing. It's what I believed about what I was doing. Because what I believed, what I thought was controlling what I did. It didn't matter how many times people told me the truth. It was all being controlled up here. I didn't get out of my rut until I changed what I believed about it, until I changed what I thought about it. Okay, you see where I'm going with this? Now, if my ruts were only about physical pain, probably no big deal. But you guys know I've been honest about <coughs> some of my other ruts. I've been in an anger rut for years that caused a lot of pain. I've been in a financial rut. I had been for years that caused financial unhealth to my family for a long time. And it was all about the way I thought, what I believed about my anger, what I believed about money. And then I've had other ruts that made me despise me. And here's, here's the challenging thing. <coughs> I didn't want to be an, an angry person. I didn't want to be in an anger rut. I didn't want to be in a financial rut. I certainly didn't want to be in a rut that made me despise me. The more I tried to get out of the ruts, the deeper I got. You know what I mean? It's like you're trying to get out of a rut and you just go deeper and deeper and deeper. Well, in this series, we're going to study what the Bible says about ruts. And I don't want this to just be theoretical for you. So I don't want to teach this series and have you be thinking about somebody in your life who's in a rut that, boy, man, she should, she should get out of that rut. Come on. I know how you think. I want you to think about the rut you're in. So what's the rut that you're in? If you're in a rut, what's the rut you're in that you know is detrimental to you? You know, if you don't get out of this rut, it's going to bring harm to your life. Maybe it's a relational rut. Maybe you're in a relationship and you know it's wrong and you need to get out of it. Or maybe you're in a relationship 
and, and you want it to work out. You want this relationship to make it, but you know you're in a routine that if you don't change it, you're going to ruin the relationship. Or maybe, uh, maybe it's more an emotional rut that you're in where your anxiety or panic or depression is so toxic that it is threatening your mental health. Or maybe it's a moral or a spiritual rut that you're in where you know, you know you're not doing the right thing, but you keep doing it. You keep doing it. And it's causing you to feel guilt. It's causing you to feel defeated in life. Well, in this series, we're going to look at what the Bible says about how we get into ruts, why we stay in them, and how to get out of them. And, and it's my hope that this series will give you hope that you really can change, that you can get out of any rut, that you can break free from any habit that is binding you up, because life transformation is possible. You can get out of any rut and and the starting point for getting out of a rut is to admit your struggle, right? <clears throat> to admit your struggle. And one of the reasons that I trust the Bible, because I went through a season where I wasn't sure. One of the reasons I trust the Bible is because I find what I read in the Bible to match what I've experienced in life. I mean, it's like the Bible doesn't hide any of the, you know, the dark places of its greatest heroes. You, you see it all. And so the Apostle Paul was one of the first church leaders, and he wrote much of what we call the New Testament. And they were all letters. And these letters were written to believers, okay, so if you're a believer, written to believers, helping them get out of ruts. Go back and look at every one of the letters Paul ever wrote was written to believers to help them get out of ruts. And what I really appreciate is in one of his letters, the, book, the letter to the Romans, he got transparent about his own struggle with a rut. You ready? This is Romans chapter seven, <clears throat> where Paul writes, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Whew. Yeah, that's getting pretty honest, right? You ever felt like Paul? You ever feel like, man, yeah, yeah, that's me. Paul is telling us how we get into ruts. We get into ruts because of this, this war that's going on in our minds. There's this struggle between God's laws, the, the, the right things that we want to do, and then there's a struggle with what he calls the sin nature, which, let me just define the sin nature. The sin nature are the ways of thinking and believing that lead us to do the wrong thing that we don't want to do. Okay? The sin nature is those ways of thinking and believing that lead us to do the wrong thing we don't want to do. And Paul pictures this tension like being held as a prisoner to the law of sin at work in our minds. And so at this point, I'm going to bring in science and what we've learned from science about what goes on in our brains. So Dr. David, 
Susan Stoop is a Christian clinical psychologist who did extensive research on like the neurology and stuff that goes on in our brains and how, our, how what we think impacts what we do and how we live. And his book is called Rethink How You Think. And in his book, he asserts that the way you think is what determines how you act. And he says that when we try to change behavior, our actions... Just based on willpower, we set ourselves up for defeat. He says, and this is science now, your willpower is powerless to change your life. And if you're trusting in getting more willpower, you will fail. He says that to get out of ruts, to get out of ruts and transform our lives, we must change our minds. We must change the way we think and believe about who we are and about whatever rut we are in. So how do we get into ruts? By ways of thinking. And those ways of thinking lead to ways of acting. And sometimes we act in ways we don't want to, but we still feel compelled to do it. Okay. So what Dr. Stoop says is going on. Okay. This is going to get a little bit sciencey. Okay. So everybody get ready. All right. I need you to be thinking. This is going to get a little bit sciencey, but I think you're going to understand why it's important. He says there's two parts of our mind. There's the subconscious mind and, and the brain, and then there's the conscious part. There's the conscious part of the brain is on the outside. The subconscious part is the biggest part on the inside. And he says that the subconscious part of your brain controls 95% of what we do. All right, so, uh, so the subconscious brain like controls your breathing, your heartbeat, uh, the parts of your body that digest food. I mean, and you don't sit around and think, okay, digest food, digest food, digest food, right? It just does it because it's subconscious. Now, your subconscious mind also gets programmed when you're a child uh, to, to, uh, to respond to people and life situations, and normally it gets programmed by your negative experiences. And so that part of your subconscious mind controls uh, responses like anger responses, anxiety reactions, and, and the, the ongoing conversation in your brain. You know which one I'm talking about? Like you have this ongoing conversation in your brain and it's sort of like you talking to you. Okay, that's the subconscious mind. Now, the conscious part of your mind <laughs> controls only 5% of what goes on. And what Dr. Stoop says, and here's, here's why I bring all this up, that inner tension that, that you feel and the, why do I do what I don't want to do? I mean, I can consciously be aware. I don't want to do this, but why am I doing it? It's like there's the part of your subconscious mind that's called the sinful nature. Your whole subconscious mind is not the sinful nature, but there is a part of it where you've been programmed, where you think a certain way that leads to destructive actions. But your conscious mind is aware, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But your subconscious mind is thinking you to do it. Okay, so you see the tension. So what Dr. Stoops is describing is the tension we read about in Paul. Because what you determine, this is where I'm going with all of this, what you think determines what you do. And this truth, this truth is so important to me as a church leader because I grew up in church settings where people used shame and fear to try to get us to behave well and try to get us to have more willpower. Well, you, you know what? You could do the right thing if you just had enough faith. Stop it. God's going to get you. Come on. 
Those of you who didn't grow up in the church, you don't know what I'm talking about. But those of you who did, some of you know what I'm talking about. And what that did is it just added shame and defeat on top of my inability to change. And that's because it doesn't work. You have to change what you think to change what you do. And of course, that kind of environment certainly didn't make me feel welcome or open to talk about my struggles with anyone. And that's why why it concerns me as a church leader. And so I just want you to know City Church is not that way. You can be honest about your struggles here because that's the first step of getting out of a rut. You have to be able to be honest about it, right? You, you have to, you, we are a safe community, I, I promise you. And the reason I say this is a safe community for you to get real about your struggle is because we struggle too. That's why you're gonna hear us talk about our anger issues and other issues that we struggle with in our lives too. Because for you to get out of that rut, at some point you're gonna have to name it. You have to name it and admit it, admit the struggle so that you can get out of it. And I'm just saying, this is a safe community for you to do that. Okay, so Dr. Stoops surfaces, <laughs> what he surfaces about science. Now it fits with what Paul says about what is going on with this struggle. Why do I do the thing I don't want to do? And the thing that I want to do, I don't do. What's going on there? Okay, now Paul is going to get to a, a, a part of his letter where he's going to begin to unpack the answer to how to break free, to how to change your life. And, and in this part of his letter, he has surfaced that if you are a believer, God has given you his spirit. His spirit lives in you. And so now there's another entity speaking into your brain. And he says that the spirit of God brings thoughts into your mind that are in line with God's ways. Okay. All right. So let's, let's this is Romans chapter eight, verses five and six. You ready? So those who live according to the flesh, and and the flesh there is just another word for sinful nature. Those who live according to the flesh or sinful, sinful nature have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And so now Paul is showing us the tension. It's all about what your mind is set on. He's given you the key. When your mind is set on the sinful nature, the things of the sinful nature, you're going to do that. When your mind is set on the things of God's spirit, you're going to do that. And so he's challenging us to renew our thinking, to get our thinking right, because what you think on governs what you do. What you think determines what you do. And so I want you to think about your rut. The rut that is stealing peace from your life. Because did you hear what Paul said? He said, when, you're, when you are governed by God's spirit, it brings life. It brings peace. Don't you want peace in life? Don't you want victory over that struggle that you're in? Don't you want the ability to get out of the rut? You have to take care of what is governing your mind. So why do we stay in ruts? Okay, we've talked about how we get into ruts. Why do we stay in ruts? It's because of our thinking. Because our thinking is determining what we do. It is governing how we act. And you won't get out of a rut unless you change your mind. 
Now, I'm going to give you a little bit more science on this, okay? So some intriguing studies have shown how certain repetitive behaviors where chemicals get released in our brain create, get this, literal ruts in the brain where, where neurologists can actually see these ruts in the brain. One study focused on what pornography does to a person's brain. Every time a person watches pornography, it creates this trail. And every time a person watches it again, that trail or that, that rut gets deeper and deeper so that it leads that person back into the rut. Okay, you ever been driving where there was a rut? And, and what happens when you hit the rut? The rut pulls your tire in and it controls where you go. And that's what they found in science. That's what happens in the brain. And so, and I want, I want to make sure we understand this. So what may have begun as a poor moral choice, which is to click the first time. So it begins as a moral problem, it becomes a brain problem. And that's why you can hate it, you can despise it, you can want to change, but you, you feel powerless because you're in a rut. And it's in your brain. In the same way that porn creates ruts, there are other repetitive actions that release chemicals in the brain that control you. That's why you keep going to the online gaming site and gambling away your financial health. You're thinking, well, I'll just do it this one more time. I'm already in so deep. Surely my luck is about to turn around. Mm -hmm. See what's happening? Your mind is controlling you. You're in a rut. It's why you eat or drink to excess. You think, oh, I need this. This makes me feel good just a little bit more. Your mind is governing you. You're in a rut. It's why you keep going to bars and picking up people for one night stands when what you really want is true love. It's why you stay in that abusive relationship. It's why you buy what you don't need with money you don't have. Rut, rut, rut. Your mind is governing you and leading you down a path that you don't want to go. But I've got good news. You can get out. You can change the way you think. You ready? All right, so I have to explain one, one, more, one more word, okay? I know, man, there's a lot of words. Okay, one more word. Sinful nature, that's the way of thinking and believing that, that leads us to do what we don't want to do. We got that? Flesh, same thing. Well, now Paul uses another word that basically means the same thing. He's going to call it the pattern of the world, the rut of the world. You ready? All right, this is Romans 12.2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, the rut of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you will prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's read that together out loud. You ready? <clears throat> Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you will prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So here Paul gives us the key to life transformation. It's not getting your act together. It's not having more willpower. It's not if you only had some more faith, you could actually have victory. What did he say? The key to life transformation is renewing your mind. You got to get things working right up here. And you renew your mind when you change the way you think and what you believe about whatever rut you're in and what you believe about you. That's why, 
I don't know if you noticed, so many of the songs we sang this morning were about reminding us of who we are in Christ. Because when you realize who you are, and when you realize the truth of the rut, you can renew your mind. And so Dr. Stoops says that the key to this kind of life transformation is to get that part of your subconscious mind, remember the 95% that's sort of programmed, is to get it reprogrammed, retrained to think in, in line with your conscious mind, which is always thinking of the right thing to do. And when you get them working together, that gives you the power for transformed life, to change the way you yak. Yeah. So, so here's what I'm asking you to do. Let's go back to Paul's concepts. The first thing to transform your life, I think, is you have to starve your sinful nature. <clears throat> you have to starve it. And this is what I mean. Stop feeding the sinful nature with ways of thinking that nourish it. I'm going to say that again. Stop feeding the sinful nature with ways of thinking that nourish it. So let me explain what I'm talking about. When I first got serious about following Christ and wanting to, to honor God with my life, I had one of my mentors talk to me about renewing my mind and, and getting things out of my life that were leading me to think in ways that were not good. And so I had a sense that if I was going to change my life, I had to change my thinking. And so I had to change what was going into my brain. And so one of the first things that I did was I changed some of the music that I listened to. I listened to some pretty dark music that was about sex and drugs and, and a lot of things that I knew weren't right. I liked the music and I still like the music, but I knew it was Im impacting my mind in a negative way. And so I, I got it out. I also changed some of the TV shows and movies that I watched because some of them glorified behaviors that I knew were not right, that I didn't want in my life. And I knew you can say, oh, but they're, they're so entertaining. What goes in here impacts you. I even had to change some friendships. Some of my friends tried to talk me into doing things that I knew was wrong, and I knew I would feel bad if I did it, and I had to back away from some friendships to change what was coming in here so I could change what was going out in my life. Now, I want to pause for a second, make sure we understand something. We're not the kind of church, and I'm not the kind of pastor that's going to tell you what you can do and not do, what programs to watch, what music you can listen to, what you can eat or drink or not eat or drink, or who you can hang out with. Okay, we clear about that? But I am saying to you, garbage in, garbage out. Because that's the truth. Now I know you're thinking, oh, but you know, I, I, okay, I know this music is not that great. I know the words and all, but I just like the tune. I like the... What comes into your brain, into your subconscious mind, it becomes a part of what programs you. And if you want to renew your mind, I believe you have to starve what feeds the sinful nature and the ways of thinking that take you down that path that you already know you don't want to go down. Okay, where am I? All right, all right. And so if you want to change your behavior, you got to change what's influencing your mind. If you want to renew your mind, you have to change what's coming in because what you think determines what you do. Okay, here's the second thing. So I want you to, you starve the sinful nature and then renew your mind. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to you about renewing your mind. How do you do that? How do you reprogram your thinking? How do you hit the reset button on what, what's been going on? For some of us, it's been going on for decades. Here's how you can change your mind and uh, renew your mind. And this is, this is, again, this is so cool. It's where science and the scriptures sort of come together to give us a pathway. There's, there's three actions that's, that a scientist say will help you reprogram your mind, to re renew your mind. 
And I'm only gonna focus on one this week. So you gotta come back the rest of the week so we wanna hear the other two. I know what's up. Okay, so, this, this, so one of the ways that you can reprogram your thinking is through what Dr. Stoops calls focused attention. Focused attention. This is what he says. <coughs> we live in an age with short attention spans. People's minds wander if they are not stimulated constantly. This lack of being able to focus attention works against our brain's health and our being able to renew our minds. And then Dr. Stoops notices that this practice of focused attention is what the scriptures call meditation. It's where you, 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 you focus your attention and your thoughts in a very a purposeful way. And through meditation, you can renew your mind. And there's all kinds of, of forms of meditation. And I think that many of them would work. What, what the scriptures talk about is, is a very intentional kind of meditation where you focus on truths from the scriptures. Where you take some words or phrases that speak truth and you, you get your mind focused on them. And so, uh, so I'm, I'm going to ask you, so this week we're going to begin the process to reset your thinking and reprogram your, your mind. You ready? All right, so when you came in, you should have gotten a, a card. If you didn't get one, you can pick one up on the way out. And what I'm asking you to do is to meditate 10 minutes a day for the next seven days. And so what we've given you is seven different scriptures that all speak truth about who you are in God's eyes. And so just, now, now I know for somebody that have little kids, I remember when my kids were little, it's going to be hard to find 10 minutes a day. I want you to find 10 minutes. Like, in fact, I, one of my staff members said, man, I got little kids. I ain't got 10 minutes. I said, you do it after the kids go to bed. That's when I would do it. But you find 10 minutes in your day and you, you have to turn off your phone. You got to turn off the TV. You got to turn off the music and retrain your mind, renew your mind. You, you need to get alone. You need to get where, where there's silence and then meditate on that scripture that I gave you. Each day a new one and you just meditate on the scripture and just meditate. I just repeat the, the words over and just say, Lord, what does this mean about who I am? And renew, let him renew your mind with this, these scriptures. And here's what's going to happen. Uh, your mind's going to wander. You're going to start thinking about the Cowboys game this afternoon, or you're going to be thinking about other. That's okay. That's just, that's normal when you first start meditating because you're not, your mind's not, your mind's used to just being scattered all over the place. You just keep capturing those thoughts and bringing it back to the phrase, the word, and just repeat it out loud. And some people, you know, they like to sit still to meditate. Sometimes I like to meditate walking alone, but you find what works for you. Breathe deeply. We, we very seldom breathe deeply in silence and let God's spirit begin to renew your mind. Here's what's going to happen. Through meditation, picture your mind right now like a, uh, an, over, an overgrown forest where there's limbs hanging everywhere, there's grass growing everywhere, and you're going to begin to create a new, new trail, a new pathway in your brain. And this is the pathway that's going to take you where you want to go. It's going to take you to the life. It's going to take you to a place of peace. And you're going to clear this pathway through meditation. And you're going to renew your mind. Can you imagine what would happen? 
your marriage would change. Your family would change. Your work, your coworkers will notice the difference in you. I want this for you. You can change. Let God's spirit renew your mind. And when you have a renewed mind, you'll have a new life. Let's pray together. And I want you to think about the rut that you want to get out of. I'm going I'm to lead you to pray it to the Lord. You ready? Lord God, we know you've promised that you, you will help us renew our minds so that we can think right. And so that our minds can be set on your spirit and on the things of your spirit. And so I ask you to do this. And Lord, we lift up to you our ruts. Just whisper whatever it is. Is it anger? Is it anxiety? Is it lust? I, you know, whatever. Just say, Lord, here's my rut. I ask you to help me get out of it. Yes, Lord. Help me to create a new pathway. Yes, Lord. Help my mind to be set on your ways and your spirit. Yes. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.